This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And along with Charlie, of course, the sous chef of the garden, uh, Franklin Proctor. Nice to see your and smiling why, face. Why, thank you. You make me laugh. You really <laughs> make me laugh. Because it's it's up to Charlie to set all the parameters here, re our equipment before he goes air. Because you know, and, I'm a radio techie from Oh, way you are back. a radio techie. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> but this morning, was, I said, Do you have you set the mics? Uh, she, oh, oh did we want oh, mics for this show? Yeah. Well, I, unless we want to shout real yeah, loud, really you know. But hey, uh, it's wet out there, but well, it's going to get worse. Yeah, this it's interesting because look at how dark it's just gotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driving in here, it it was odd. The sun was peeking through these big banks of clouds, mm. very mild out there, like like seriously springy, but uh, but not raining at that yeah. point. And well, uh, but no wind, so kind of that calm yeah, mm, maybe before, before the, the storm. storm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I left uh, the north country there, yeah. uh, north part of Stouffville, about uh, quarter after six this morning, mm. and. Uh, uh, it, I've discovered, as I was telling you off here, in the last, I don't know, three, four years, uh, I guess it's due to age, where you be, I've become more uncomfortable behind the wheel at night in and in the rain. Yeah, yeah. And coming down the 404, they've got so many darn barricades up there. These don't work. Oh, <laughs> Lord. But they're blinding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just It's a little disconcerting. And, and some people are going like 140. I know that's the disconcerting oh, part to me. That's, yeah. as I said to you, driving in from Prince Edward County yesterday yeah. morning to teach at Durham College. I was probably averaging yeah. 70, 80 kilometers an hour, and these tractor trailers were whooping past me, yeah. <laughs> spraying water everywhere. I was like, I can't see anything. I can't go that fast. Oh, oh I was, <laughs> again, off here, but I, I just want to say hi to Vic Gibbons. Ah, yes. F- fabulous wildlife artist, and he really is one of the best in the world. Uh, he listens to the show faithfully. So, but he calls me up at home. And he says, "Ah, Frank." He says, "What's the name of that white flower?" You know, it's what white what? <laughs> How, why sometimes they're know? red. <laughs> so, <clears throat> this conversation went on for quite some. He says, "But the lady will know tomorrow." So uh, you are the lady who will know what that uh, white there's flower. There's a lot of will plants be. that have white and sometimes red flowers. <laughs> like clover <laughs> comes to well, mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. Car- I think he called me back. He says, "I think it's carnation." Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, so, carnation, carnation could be one. Could those, they be. come in could every be. color of the rainbow, really. Yeah, so I don't know what his question was, but uh, there you go. <laughs> maybe Vic, he'll good phone. Good morning, Julia. Thank, thank you for tuning our way. Maybe you should give the numbers, and oh, then maybe he will you know phone. What? Yes, maybe, because we do need we do need some calls. I'm looking at the monitor <laughs> No, here. we can just chitter-chatter for okay, the next we, hour. All right, sure, all right. I do I, have some announcements as well. Okay. Uh, in Toronto, <laughs> you want to have a chat with Charlie, by all means, here's the number, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province. It is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra, kind of keep that in mind. Uh, if you call, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, let Duncan, our operator, know. And then just before you get to the airwaves, 
you're going to get your garden wings, you see. Wonderful. Uh-huh. There you uh, go. All, right. my, all my duties have now, now been done. Now you can really relax. I can really take it. And maybe your buddy Vic will call in and talk to us about red and white flowers. <laughs> so I think based on the time, we should probably go to our first break. But I do have some announcements yeah. of some upcoming events. Oh, very good. Okay. All, right. all that coming along next here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, uh, you had a few notes to pass along. I do. Thank you, Franklin. Yes. (laughs) The way you said that. Well. Well. (laughs) Yes, indeed. The very friendly Agent Court Garden Club is meeting Mm -hmm. Monday, January 13th. So that would be this Monday, Mm -hmm. two days from today. They meet at 8 o'clock till 9.30-ish. The presentation that evening is all about the Newport Flower Show in Newport, Rhode Island. Good food, good vibes, and fun all around at the Knox United Christian Education Center, 2575 Midland at Shepherd. They are a pretty fun group, those wild and wacky Agent Court Garden Club people. (laughs) That's where Robbie Lane lives. He lives in Agent Court. Uh, One of these days, he should show up at the Garden Club because he would fit right in. Oh, He is such a wacky guy. (laughs) That's putting it mildly. He's not much of a gardener. He's more of a tree guy. <laughs> tree guy. Tree. Huh? He's got a lot of trees. I've I haven't seen his property, but he's told me. He. I guess he has a fairly large. Um. You know, he's a suburban home, but he's yeah. got quite a few mature trees on his property. He ends up with like I, I don't know thirty, forty, hundred bags of leaves every fall. Oh, really? Like like when they yeah. have to clean up their leaves to save the lawn because obviously yeah. you don't want to leave leaves on your lawn. He. It's like it's a like a full week job to clean up leaves. Wow. Yeah, he's got that many trees. Well, I never knew that he was that much of a woodsman. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Next time you, you see him, you can discuss that. Oh, all right. <laughs> the uh, Pickering Horticultural Society is also hosting a meeting this coming Tuesday, January 14th. They meet at 7.30 p.m. in the O'Brien Rooms mm-hmm. at the Pickering Recreation Center. That's at 1867 Valley Farm Road in Pickering, I would assume. Robin Nirop will share how yoga can help gardeners get ready for spring. Well, wow. How perfect is that because any everybody can do yoga you know i mean yoga is, is just stretching and moving yeah. and you know rediscovering body parts we didn't know we had <laughs> and, yeah. and if, you know if if the it, getting ready for spring is part of should be on all of our agendas at this point particularly mine so everyone of course is welcome to join the pickering hort society on tuesday for more information triple w pickering horticultural society one word pickering horticultural society.com okay and uh, you'll notice from our monitor we have uh, someone online right a first time caller excellent helen out there in east guillemberry that's for you good morning and welcome to the show Good morning. Uh, it's a thrill to talk to you this morning. Hey, Good morning. We have a lot of rain. Uh, is it raining now? Oh, yeah. Oh, Tremendously. My. Oh, my. Yeah, you, you're, you're in the, in the thick of it. Area. It's not that... Uh, uh, I'm calling about the sand cherry that I have in the backyard. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I've noticed... the. I think it's it's been there for a while. We just moved here, so it's probably... I would say probably at least... 10 years old yeah. and it's getting big. I've noticed that some some branches are dead yeah. and that we have carpenter ants that seem to be really interested in it and I really want to 
prune it, uh -huh. but I'm not sure when uh -huh. and to what extent I can prune it or how to go about it. Good questions. Uh, what makes you think they're carpenter ants that you're seeing that are interested in it? Well, I, I know my way around the ants, oh, so I'm pretty sure that's what they are. Okay. Like They have that brown section in the middle, and they're pretty big. And they seem to, to be really going around that uh, that tree, and I've seen them in rotten wood before, so yes. I was thinking yeah. that's probably what it is. Well, that's but what I was going to say. Like carpenter ants, uh, they are a pretty specific ant that only lives in dead wood. They do not mm -hmm. ever invade live wood. So don't ever, if you have a live plant and you see what you uh, identify as carpenter ants in the area of live plants, they're not doing anything or shouldn't be doing anything that's going to affect your, um, your living wood. But okay. you're right but about... I've noticed that it's been oozing some, right. I don't know what it is, but there's That's something sad. coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. And purple sand cherries are members of the family that it's the same family as the roses. So they do tend to have a fair amount of sweet uh, mm. sap inside them, which is very attractive to any insect that likes sweetness, which is pretty much every insect out there. Here's what I would do. Obviously, you're not doing anything now. It's uh, too wet and it's it's only January. But come, well, okay, so when it comes to removing dead stuff, you mentioned there was dead branches, some clearly yeah. brown, black. So I, I didn't remove them last year because yeah. uh, I'm using the, using them for the flower shows I enter because oh, yeah. they look really good because they're all, <laughs> but, but I think I should do something about it. Well, in terms of dead wood on a shrub, like woody plant, such as mm -hmm. the purple sand cherry, uh, you can remove at any time it's convenient for you to remove the dead stuff. Now, okay. yet that's a dry, clear, preferably sunny day when you do that. It's also okay. with sharp tools. But any time, 12 months out of the year, you can remove dead stuff. So never okay. never hesitate to do that when it's convenient. In terms of shaping the plant, uh, making it look better, uh, rejuvenating it in terms of encouraging new growth... You have two options. You could do a fairly heavy radical pruning this spring before the leaves start to grow. So we're talking April, maybe May, depending on the spring. And okay. it will start to grow, excuse me, all kinds of fresh purple leaves from that point. <clears throat> or you could wait until it flowers because purple sand cherry bloom very early in the spring. And they okay, bloom. And that's one thing also. It didn't really, it didn't flower much last year, whereas the year before, it was really beautiful and full of flowers. Right. So the flowers form on the fresh, brand new wood that grew the year before. Okay. So if you had no new growth on this plant last spring and summer, mm -hmm. then you will not have a lot of flowering on it this coming spring. Oh. Right? So if it's struggling, it's under stress, it's not, you know, a really healthy, vigorous plant, then you're right. You might not have much new growth. No new growth means no fresh flowers. So in that case, you'd probably be best to just pick a beautiful day in the spring when you're looking for something to do and you want to get out into the garden, clear out all the dead stuff and, and, and really look closely. The sap dripping out is never a good sign. You could have cracks in the bark. Uh, you could, there's, there are. Yeah, so you're going to have to look and see where those cracks are uh, and remove the branches where the cracks are. Uh, there are some diseases that enter through those cracks. There's, um, And if it's a really important plant to you, remember, you could also bring in an arborist to consult and okay. recommend what and when and what to do. Purple sand cherry is not that special of a plant, though. So, I mean, you could replace it. You could okay. tear it out. And, and get so it if in. I prune it back really hard, yep. it should sprout some new stems? Oh, yeah, it will, as long as it's a vigorous plant and it's alive and it's okay. not so stressed out by various diseases and, and insects that might have be causing problems. 
All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much to the <laughs> both of you. Helen, thank you very much Good for joining us. Good luck with that. Yes. yes, thanks for calling. Don't be a stranger. Uh, doors always open here. <laughs> Coffee's and we, always open. We're up to our first break here, but I will remind folks that, uh, hey, the lines are open. In fact, we've got a couple of lines uh, definitely open right now. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the province, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, particularly if First-time callers, I love ringing that bell. So this would be a <laughs> there a darn like good that? time. To, yeah, <laughs> I love ringing that bell. Okay, back in a moment with Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, uh, some people actually do listen, you know. Uh, like, <laughs> here's a first-time caller, Karen. Nice. From Etobicoke. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love your show. Thank you. And I have a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. I have an orchid that I got last um, Easter. I got a pre-Easter. And it's just, it's got a sprout and it's just ready to bloom. um, Excellent. Again, Mm -hmm. the second sprout. Mm -hmm. Now, the first sprout, there's nothing on it, the one that the flowers initially dropped off. I just wondered if I can cut that off. What color is it? What color is it? Is it it green or is it brown? It's green. You know what? If the flower stem is still green, I'd leave it alone. Yes, it is very green. You know why? Because it's crazy. Those flower stems, unlike most plants, orchids will suddenly out of nowhere pop another flower off of that stem when you least expect it. So leave it as long as it's green, leave it alone. It is photosynthesizing. So it is supporting the plant and it could pop more flowers. So so it will once at some point it turns brown and eventually turns black. Then you get your scissors out and remove it. Okay. And that's, there was a bit of brown at the end, which I removed once yeah, the, the flowers that's uh, right. dropped off. Trim off anything that's clearly not alive. Brown, black, yellow. Yeah, no, this is a very healthy green. That's and great. the other sprout, it's just uh, just getting ready to bloom. Nice. And I've never changed the pot. My daughter no, got no. the same orchid at the same time, changed her pot. And hers is dead. <laughs> oh, well, uh, orchids are a little finicky when it comes to repotting, how we do it and when we do it. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's funny. Don't don't stress yourself about repotting things like orchids. It, it's years before we worry about repotting usually. Oh, yeah. Because- no, no. And, it, it, and I think... This may sound a little silly, but I think plants like routine. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. They yes. Do. They also like to be talked to. I put to. the ice cubes, the three ice cubes in it every Sunday. My violets I water every Sunday. And my other question, I have a poinsettia, a little $5 poinsettia. Uh-huh. I've got it to bloom this year for the third oh, year in a row. That's wow. wild. And in the same pot. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And you put it out in the summer? No. No, okay. So nope. it's not very I large, just put obviously. I it in a window uh, facing the west so it gets lots of sunshine, and then I put it in the darkness at night. Yeah. And I just want, wanted to know if I could cut that back a bit because it's not wanting to fit in, a, in my windowsill <laughs> anymore. Hmm, I would try and, have, well, it's, you've got the red going on right now, don't you? Or yes. is it? Yeah. Yes, I've got uh, four blooms. Prune it back, prune it. But I would try not to. I try and let oh. it be. Try and enjoy the color, enjoy the you know the beauty of the plant for now. By 
March or April, yes, it'll definitely be appropriate to cut it back because it's going to start really growing at that point. And um, remember, when you do cut back a poinsettia, it's all kinds of white latex type liquid drips out. Yes. So be prepared to have it on top of newspaper when you do your trimming. But yeah, yeah. I would, I'd leave it if you can. Like, you know, it's just one of those yeah. things. Well, this is it. I guess I'm, I'm doing, and I see doing that every good things. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, good. good for you. Sounds like you're a natural. Well, and, and yet my, well, my daughter gets mad when she sees my work because she says, you always say you don't have a green thumb. And she, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, she's um, young. She'll learn. For this little $5. Yeah, yeah. Poinsettia. It's wonderful. Well, okay, and, I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for your advice. Thanks I, for calling, thanks, Karen. One, one, one quick thought is in terms of repotting that poinsettia mm-hmm. that's still in its original pot, look and see if roots are growing out of the bottom drainage holes. If oh. roots are starting to, be quite evident at the bottom, then this spring, when you're doing your cutting back, give it a slightly larger pot. So if it's a four inch now, go to a six inch. If it's a oh, six inch, okay. go to an eight inch. But I don't think there are. Yeah. So then you're at fine. At the moment. Don't worry about yeah, it. That's good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Okay, Thanks, great Karen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thanks. Karen. And uh, folks uh, on on hearing Karen say, oh, now my second question. Is, <laughs> I know. That was they, pretty They just pictured me getting swift. on my motorcycle to pull her aside. But, you know, <laughs> it's 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 a very slow show this morning. It Let's, is. You know, so I do I, I, have well, email, though. Yeah, but it's okay. We do have other callers. Oh, good. Like good. Sandra from Etobicoke online right now. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Um. Earlier in the year, I was unable to put the mulch on my perennials. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about like, bark it, mulch? I'm sorry? Bark mulch? Bags of mulch? like uh, bark? Yes, uh, something for winter protection. Uh, and healing up the roses. I mean, normally oh. I do um, leaves, uh, mm-hmm. different things. But... The ground now, obviously, with all this rain, isn't going to be frozen. It's going to do. I wait f- until it freezes and then put it on, or do I just think and hope and pray this year well, that they survive? So, what what have you got for the mulch? Is it leaves, like piles of leaves to I've work got with, or leaves? I've also got the bark. And do you have soil at all? Bags of soil, not um, potting soil, but garden soil. Top I could soil? probably get garden soil from the vegetable bed. Yeah. Okay. Um. You're right. This is a funny year. Um, and we're obviously entering a funny weekend when it comes to weather, uh, in mm-hmm. our Southern Ontario world here. So if you were to go out there and start piling leaves and, and doing some protection on your plants, a lot of it's going to wash away in the heavy rain we've got coming. And as you point out, that what was mildly frozen soil is rapidly thawing soil. So again, when we, when we do mulching, around plants as a fall protection mulch, we trap in heat if it's a warm situation. So that's why we always want to wait, as you point out, until it's cold, until the ground is frozen, the plants are truly dormant, then we get that winter protection mulch. We don't trap in heat or cold, we just help the plant with extreme temperature changes like we're having right now. Mm -hmm. So... um, if you can, like I wouldn't do anything right now. I would wait, wait till this whole rain event is over. We are going to see some more normal temperatures starting, I believe, tomorrow down into the just below zero, not extremely below zero. So not, no kind of killing frost coming anytime soon. And depending on with how, you know, how easy it is for you to get out into your garden, it's going to be a mud pit for a while. Oh <laughs> so, you know, depending on how much you want to deal with that, give, I'd give it a couple of days till things start to firm up again, get a little bit more frost 
dust in the ground. And then, yes, if you can move some leaves, if you can put some mulch, I wouldn't usually use bark as a protective mulch. I use that more as a surface of the soil, weed control mulch mm-hmm. in the spring and summer rather than as a winter protection mulch. I, I love soil for winter protection around roses just because you trap a lot of air in between the, the particles of soil. With the bark mulch, you don't have the same opportunity to trap air because the chunks are so big. I've used leaves in mm-hmm. the past. Leaves are great. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. large maple. Yeah, no, leaves are great. You just got to get them away in the spring. Okay, yeah. but I can still do it. You can if you want to. I mean, it. and every winter is a new winter. I mean, I, I gardened in Richmond Hill for the last 25 years, and I had a couple of winters where I just didn't get any protection on my roses, my very tender roses. And they they didn't die as a result, but they certainly weren't super happy. They they weren't as vigorous after a winter of, of extreme cold exposure as they were prior to that. So, you know, you run the risk of doing some damage, potentially losing plants, when we don't get the protection out there. Right, because I was more worried about the lavender too, which is kind of marginal. Yeah, and that's where leaves are perfect. If you can get you know, your gloves and kind of jam leaves in and, and around. That, jam it in yeah, the, the, under and through the, the stems. That's a wonderful way to protect the lavender, I find. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much. All right, good, good luck with that. And yes, good luck for all of our gardens, because it's just mm-hmm. what a, you know, what are you going to do when it's eight degrees one day and 18 below the next? Yeah. It's poor it's, plants. Yeah. They're confused as, as much as anybody. We are, you know? yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, is Oh, and look at this. Uh, now, uh, what are we at? 9.35 on a Saturday morning. <laughs> and this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And first-time caller again now. Oh, wonderful. Florence. Florence from Whitby. Good Hi. morning. Good Hi morning. there. Good morning. Hi, Hi there. Hello. Good morning. Um, I was watching a, a garden show, and this lady had a tray uh, with soil in it. Mm-hmm. She threw bee, uh, peas on the top, and she said she had greens all summer. Is this possible? So she planted pea seeds into in, a, in a tray, into a tray, and that she would keep on her deck. Right, and, and as she they said sprouted. she had greens all yeah. summer. That sounded really attractive to me. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, so what happens is you really pack them in. So you've got a, a tray, whatever the size of it is. You have a potting soil at least an inch deep. And then you absolutely fill it with seeds, like we're talking wall-to-wall seeds. And then a little bit of soil on top and even some certain amount of pressure on top because those seeds, they tend to kind of, when they germinate, they tend to fall out of the tray. They get so excited. Yeah, pack them in. Yeah, yeah. And and, um, at Whitby Durham College, where I work, and we grow greens for the bistro restaurant, we actually use um, bricks on top of trays of seeds for greens. And so how, how long would you leave the bricks on top? Just until they start to germinate. So it could be as long as a week because we're you, in a greenhouse. Can you see them popping through? Yep, yep. And you can check. You can always lift up. You can just lay a piece of plywood, put some bricks on top, and then check every couple of days. As soon as you start to see some germination, everything comes off. And then, yeah, as they grow, you, every about every five, six days, pair of scissors, just cut through like a little lawnmower, right? right? That sounds wonderful. Yeah, and there you've got fresh greens and super fresh, like super sweet. Wow. Just all like yes. just new so, growth. So what do you um, plant then? Do you plant peas or do you plant uh, Oh, what a mix. Sunflowers, radishes, coriander, Oh, all kinds of, like, there's like, I can't even remember all the different beets for greens. like Garlic. 
No, no these are greens that oh, are little oh, plants right. that are going to go into a salad as a as oh, a little. Right. You okay. remember the old parsley used to yep. go as our fancy <laughs> yeah. in our fancy restaurants. Well, now we use all these different little sweet, just newly germinated uh, right. sprouts of of all, oh, there's so many choices of of greens. See, uh, le- all the millions of endives and lettuces out mm. there, even herbs like basil, purple basil, lovely yeah. and pretty. Yes, yes. Yeah, so go thank for it. Thank you. <laughs> well, good luck with that, Florence. Yeah, yeah, that, thank you. Doesn't that sound attractive? Greens all summer for free. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it does indeed. Best thing about gardening, you can grow your own food, save money. <laughs> Yahoo. Okay. Exactly. Thanks right. for calling and good question. We are at this point in time going to take a little bit of a break. Give you a break, Charlie. You've been just raring through the one subject matter to another. So, in the meantime, let me remind folks of your phone number here in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Jane in Chatham, waiting patiently to talk to you, will be to her in just moments here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie and I were just glancing out the window here. And as, we can't uh, see out the window. Not not very clearly, but boy, is it dark, black and dark and wet. And wet, yeah. So all the uh, forecasters were right on the money, I think. Anyway, uh, just be careful if you're driving, okay? Slow down. Nice day for ducks. You got it. Hey, Jane in Chatham. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jane. Um, I sent a picture this morning, and you may not have got it yet, about my elephant ear plant. Okay. I haven't seen it, so tell me, yep. The largest leaf, there was three leaves, and the largest leaf all of a sudden just turned yellow. Oh. Okay, so what you're calling elephant ears, is uh, is it really elephant ears? Is it growing from a big tuber that you purchased at some point, and it typically grows outside all summer, and you bring it in in the winter? No. Um, I've never really put it out, I don't think, but I don't know, I don't know what's in the soil because my... my son gave me the plant. Oh, okay. And he calls it an elephant ear, and it's a very, very large... Is it green? Large, uh, what, color, what color is it? Green. Completely green. Mm-hmm. How large? Like two, three feet? Uh, no, this one I would say maybe 18 inches by about 10 inches. And it's a heart-shaped leaf? Uh, yeah. So that's where the elephant ear okay. comes in because yeah. it looks like an elephant ear. But it's completely green and it has just smooth edges, no little kind of um, ziggy zags in the margins no. of the leaves, no Swiss cheese look to it. I think you might have a philodendron. But okay, so how big is this plant? How many years have you had it? Oh, golly, my bet five, six years anyways. And does it grow as a vine so that it's... it? Um, no, 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 no. Just, just grows a leaf, long stem a with a leaf on top. Okay. Huh. And so right now you said you have about three leaves happening, but one doesn't look good. I did. I cut the yellow one off. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and how much sun is it sitting in, in your home? Uh, well, it's sitting at the back door, which kind of gets west sideway uh, light. Mm-hmm. It's not getting 100% light. But. Yeah, they're pretty... They're, if it is philodendron, which is what I think it is, they are pretty amenable. As long as they're in a bright oh. spot, indirect light is fine. Yeah. Do you turn it every now and then in the light just to make sure it gets even exposure to whatever light there is? I turn it just to, so that the leaves will stay up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely all... not a philodendron. 
Oh, it's definitely not. Okay. No. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> yeah, because that, uh, so you did send me a picture. So I'll tell you what, I'll take a look at what you sent me. So many of the, what we commonly refer to as elephant ears actually grow from tubers. So there's something called colocasia, which is a very ugly, looks like a big, piece of chunk of wood really you plant them in the spring outside and they'll grow very quickly but i mean they'll grow leaves that are six feet oh by no kidding wow eight feet like huge very tropical oh, no. so and this obviously isn't as big as that um caladium is a very commonly grown also from a tuber but they mm. all have speckles they're all whites and greens and pinks and greens so yeah I'll look at the picture you sent just to clarify but um Generally speaking, uh, do you have a moisture meter at all? Are you able to check the moisture levels in the soil, in the pot that the plants? No, I don't have one, but I don't water it often. Yeah, okay. And when maybe you, two or three weeks. And how much water do you give at that point? Um, probably a liter. And how big is the pot? Uh, I guess 10 inches okay. and 12 inches. Right. So um, I'm a big fan of not auto offering, not watering often, but watering thoroughly when I do water, mm-hmm. just to make sure that I am truly, you know, um, making sure there's good moisture throughout the entire uh, soil and root ball area within the pot. There's drainage in the pot that this plant is in, drainage holes? Yes. Okay. So what I would be inclined to do would be to don't water it again until you're convinced it's very dry, like thoroughly dry, even to the point let the leaves get a little bit, a little bit limp so you'll know it's really dry. Then when you water it, water it thoroughly enough that the water drains out the drainage holes. So it might be a month from now, might be six weeks, might be three weeks, hard to say. Depends, you know, how, how, you know, much sun and temperature, et cetera. And, um, and then you'll get a sense that it's been thoroughly watered, and then you'll leave it again until it's completely dry. Now, a moisture meter can be handy with a big pot like that. It's, you, you know, surface is dry, but there could be lots of moisture below. So the little probe on the moisture meter tells you what the moisture level is down below the surface, and that can be a good thing for just having a more confidence uh, when it comes to the watering. Super easy to overwater plants in the winter. They use a lot less water in the winter than they do in the summer, and we tend to keep our schedules the same, but the plant schedules are not the same. They slow down in the winter and don't need as much water. I know you said a couple of weeks ago, if it looks like it needs watering, wait another week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but particularly <laughs> with things like do that. <laughs> yeah, jade plants and some of the succulents, mm-hmm. yeah. we have a real tendency to rush to water them too soon. So, yeah. um, But I'll look at the picture you sent. Did you send it to my c.dobbin at MZ Media account? Yes. Okay, perfect. I'll take a look at that and, and I'll uh, respond back to you on that oh, as well. Okay, then. All right. Thank you Thank very you. much, Jane. Thanks for calling. All the best in Chatham. And yeah, take care of Chatham. Yeah, yeah, I bet you it's raining down there. CFCO in Chatham, Ontario. When I was 17, I started to work there. Oh, Chatham's Lord. a really quite a pretty town. Yeah. You know, agriculture. I've been back in years and years. So I, I was involved with when I worked for White Rose. Mm-hmm. We did a pop up store in Chatham yep. one uh, one spring and summer, and that uh, was part of my job was running that. Oh, well, there you go. Along with everything else. <laughs> now again, I'm looking at the clock here. I'm going. Okay, I think maybe what we'll best do here. Mm-hmm to protect everybody's time is to take another little break, our final break of the show, and then come back and have a word with Mary in Acton, Ontario. So stay tuned. You've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zuma Radio AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto, where it's very dark and <laughs> rainy right now. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. 
This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's get to that phone call I indicated uh, we'd be waiting to have a chat with. Um, mm-hmm. Mary in Acton. Good morning, Mary. Oh, good morning. Um, I have an orchid that's about five five years old, and one of and it bloomed beautifully before Christmas. Mm. And uh, the the one leaf, it's about three to four inches wide, and it's got black around the edges, and underneath it's very sticky, and it looks like little tiny threads. Uh, that's called spider mite. Oh. Yeah, those little threads sounds like webbing that mm-hmm. spider mites. They're, you will not see the. They're tiny little spiders. You won't see them with the naked eye. You'd need a magnifying right. glass. But if you see their webbing, it's never a good sign. Uh-oh. Right away, I would put that plant into quarantine if you have any other plants. Oh. Get that plant away from your other plants. Okay. Double check your other plants. Look for any evidence of webbing on them. Right. It is possible. Like you've had this plant for five years. Did a new plant plant come in around Christmas, like a poinsettia or a Christmas cactus or some gift of any kind? Uh, yes, I did. I have poinsettias here nearby and a Christmas cactus. Right. So that is unfortunately so often what happens is that we get a brand new seasonal plant. Somebody brings us a plant or we buy it because we're impulsively loving the color. And here's the first rule. I teach this to my students all the time is brand new plants, whether it's a gift or a purchase, put them in quarantine for at least a week to 10 days. Do not just add them into your plant collection for fear of, um, you know, mistaken infestation. Because we don't always see, right? You can't always see that there might be an insect. Yeah, well, this one has been here a long time. Yeah, it sounds like it. Did I cut it off? I guess I should. You could, but it's not going to solve the problem of the insects. Well, okay, so so if if indeed it is spider mite, which is what it sounds like, two things. They love a dry environment. Can you do anything to increase the humidity around all your plants, but particularly this orchid? So that means put them in the bathtub, get out your mister or your your shower head, spray them, get some water on them, keep the humidity high. Uh, You will also want to get likely just some soap and water, uh, not detergent, but soap and water to spray these plants again in the bathtub, thorough spray till they drip. Um, yeah, and do, and just really go through the very clear uh, light so you can see what's going on. Separate out any plants that you are afraid might have an insect infestation or a spider mite infestation, and then you're going to need to do some some TLC, some hmm. trimming back, some watering, soaking with soap and water, clearing that off, spritzing, high humidity. And will that kill the, the spider mites? If you are able yeah. to coat their little bodies, they cannot breathe because they breathe through their bodies. There's okay. also a product... Yeah, because I have it in the kitchen and there's quite a bit of steam when I'm cooking. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. good. And and in the kitchen is good, too. Just a little... Get a little mister or a sprayer yeah. and you can just pop the plants into the sink every... You know, two, three times a day, give them a little spritz into the sink. Just do oh. everything to keep that humidity as high as you can. That will lower okay, the population. That's great. I will do that. Okay. Thank you. Let I love us know. Listening to you. So thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much for calling, Mary. Yeah. Appreciate that. And hopefully some of the things that uh, Charlie said will be of help to you for sure. Uh, you know, I laughed as Marilyn Wetson, who does the show yes. from a woman's perspective just before we get in here. Uh, she left me a little note and I'm, Time 
timely. Looking outside. Yeah, very timely. <laughs> she said, if you got time, Frank, you can pass this along. That At Marilyn Wetson's, which is at 200 Spadina Avenue in the second floor there, she has an umbrella gallery. I know. How cool and, is that? Yeah. And, and they start at five bucks. So yeah, you know, but beautiful umbrellas. We're not yeah, just talking ugly black kind of stripes. And no flowers. She's got flowers. all floral, oh, yeah. beautiful yeah. pieces so, of art. That's why she's calling it a gallery. Her yeah. umbrellas are pieces of art. There you are. Yeah. So I hope you're well. Maybe not driving along right now. Uh, uh, I hope you're maybe safely in the store. And everybody says, don't yeah. go anywhere till tomorrow. Yeah, Stay yeah. home if you but can. But when you do and you want to pick up an umbrella, you know where to go. <laughs> That's right. Two hundred Spadina Avenue, second floor, Maryland. Already very cool. Yeah, we uh, we are bereft. Of any phone calls? You raft. That's yeah. okay. In we other can words, do that. no calls at the moment. Still have time if you want to, you know, quick call 416 360 in Toronto and anywhere in the province. Toll free 1 866 740 Now, do you have any left in your little sheet of goodies there? Yeah, Gloria Gribble sent an email just uh, before the new year. Mm. Uh, an orchid that is in full bloom. But there's only one leaf left in the plant, and it's turning brown and rusty. What can I do to save this plant? I've had it for about four or five years. My two other orchids are thriving. Mm -hmm. So something's going on there. Like, why would all the leaves be dying off like that? Too much water, not enough water, um, sitting in water. Because, you know, orchids, they want that humidity. They want that moisture, but they sure don't want to sit in a pot of water. And, of course, orchids are not typically planted up into a soil. They're planted into various and sundry orchids. Orchid mixes, which mm-hmm. might be bark, it might be styrofoam. There's a million and one different mixes they got going on, uh, rock wool, etc. So <clears throat> I would be taking a very close look at what's going on with the roots of that plant, if necessary, Gloria. Pull it, the plant right out of the pot. Smell the roots. If you've got a, a, a soggy mess of rotting plant material, get out your nice, clean, sharp pruners. Prune away everything that's black and, and you know, fungal infested, uh, anything that's dead or smells bad, swampy. Mm-hmm. Prune that all out. Have a nice, ready-to-go, clean pot, ready-to-go, and some fresh mm-hmm. orchid media, whatever that might be. You can choose what kind you want to use. And then get that plant back into a proper pot with proper media into the same kind of sun and et cetera that the other two orchids are in because they're clearly thriving. Okay, I'm just keeping my eye on the monitor because I see Duncan has been in contact with some folks. We have a first-time caller on the line. Hey, that's for Joan in Milton. Good morning, Joan. Hi, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Morning, welcome to the show. I am grateful for your answering. Um, I'm a long-time listener, but first-time caller, as I said. And why I'm calling, I I got an orchid plant um, a couple years back that bloomed beautifully for two, um, three sessions, Mm -hmm. and then it died. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm calling to ask, I had orchid orchid, um, food, Mm -hmm. orchid plant food, and... um, and I don't have the orchid anymore. I'm calling to find out, can I give other plants the plant food? Yes, you can. Um, depending, it will be a flowering plant food, likely. Uh, if you have, read, it'll say in very fine print, not just orchids, but it'll list other plants. It'll probably list gardenias, azaleas. It'll go into a big, long list of plants that this food is good for. Uh, so if you have any of those plants, definitely use the, the food for that. Uh, and then the other thing is out in the garden. If you have plants out in the garden that are rhododendrons or azaleas or holly or any of the plants that are going to thrive with the orchid food, definitely use on those as well. 
Okay. okay. Thank you, and have a very wonderful new year. Thank, well, thank you. you so much. And don't be a stranger. Nice to hear from you. So that's Very a good, good question, orchid food, because <clears throat> Joan, you know, it, it does come up. People say, well, I've got this fertilizer, but I've had it for like 10 years. Is it mm. okay? It's like, absolutely. Fertilizer does not go bad. It is never stale dated. The only thing is we can store it improperly and end up with it getting wet or moist. And then it's just a brick and you yep. can't, you can't, even with a hammer, you can't yeah. break it apart. Yeah. Then it's garbage. But generally speaking, if you know, store properly, mm-hmm. fertilizers are excellent for years and years and years. So keep that in mind too, Joan somebody else might give you another orchid so you're going to want that orchid yeah yeah don't throw that away no don't no and don't feel like you have to use it immediately yeah well charlie here we are uh, at the checkout counter a full day ahead of you still in this rainy part of back at two o'clock toronto yeah uh and then of course tomorrow night a show that i'm really having a good time doing is big band sunday night from seven to eleven that's great and uh boy getting responses from all over the place is that right south bend indiana chap wrote yeah. me uh, the other day yeah and so you know, and so these little... are people on a sunday night who are yeah. listening to the radio and that's that's a show like that's yep. a big band sunday night that's yeah and and uh, folks reserve get their cup that. of tea and <laughs> get their little blanket and yeah. sit in the chair and i'm joined by a whole it. bunch of uh, lovers of big band music yeah, in uh, yeah. that era you know and you're good at it i bet you well would, you would i know enjoy the music stuff. myself yeah. so that kind of helps i bet it yeah, does yeah, for sure well, well thank thanks you, thanks frank Good to have you here, and thank you so much, Duncan. Couldn't do it without you and all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.